you would have thought that business interruption insurance would be one of the hot legal and business topics of 2020. But few would also have predicted we would be living through a global pandemic. I'm Sinead Riley and I'm the professional support lawyer in the litigation, dispute resolution and investigations department here at Arthur Cox. And to discuss the business interruption insurance test case recently heard by the English High Court, I'm joined today by my colleague Niall Guinan, an associate in our insurance and reinsurance group. Niall, you've been keeping a very close eye on the test case brought by the UK Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA. And I know you watched some of the hearing online and you've been providing your team and your clients with regular updates. I'm generally familiar with the case. I read about it in the papers. I listened to your previous audio briefing on it, which was very good, by the way. But I'm hoping that today you might be able to talk me through it in a bit more detail. Sure, absolutely. First, though, maybe you can explain the significance of the case. Why is it important? It's a UK case, so obviously it's not binding in Ireland. But will it have an impact here? Yes, Sinead, we expect that it will. While it is a UK case, the judgment is likely to be persuasive here. Um, And it has been reported that there is a case pending before our own commercial court concerning business interruption policies involving a group of pub owners and FBD insurance. And the case is due to be heard in early October. And I understand that FBD has set aside 22 million euro to cover business interruption claims in the event that it loses this case. And of course, we may see further litigation here also. Also, while our regulator, the central bank, cannot take a test case in the same way as the FCA did in the UK, we know that it is watching the, the FCA case very closely and that the governor of the central bank has told the Oireachtas Special Committee on COVID-19 that he is taking legal advice on the available options. In a UK context, the decision will be extremely significant for insurers and policyholders. It has been reported that there are some 8,500 claims likely to be affected by the test case with an approximate value of £1.2 billion sterling. £1.2 billion sterling is a pretty uh, staggering figure. So we're looking at this being one of the most, if not the most, significant case of 2020. Niall, maybe I will tell you what I know about the case, and then you, as the expert here, can fill in the blanks for me. I can certainly try. Okay, so what I understand is... The FCA in the UK, the Financial Conduct Authority, the equivalent to our central bank or the purposes of insurance supervision, has brought a test case before the English High Court in which it is looking for the court to make orders on the meaning and effect of selected business interruption insurance policies in the context of COVID-19 claims. And the reason it has brought a test case is to resolve uncertainty over business interruption insurance claims and whether existing policies cover the type of business interruption that we have seen in the last few months as a result of the pandemic, where businesses have shut down or partly shut down, either in line with public health guidance or because they were required by law to do so. And as there is no one individual policy before the court because it's a test case 
the FCA has compiled a representative sample of policy wordings for the court to consider. And then for the purposes of the case, the FCA is adopting the position of the policyholders and in very broad terms is arguing that the policies provide cover for COVID-19 business interruption and the insurers must pay out on COVID-19 related business interruption claims. And then on the other side, defending the case, there are a number of insurers and they are essentially arguing that no one ever contemplated the COVID-19 pandemic and that it cannot therefore be one of the events that a business interruption clause is intended to cover. Now, Niall, I know I'm massively oversimplifying it here and that there are a number of different um, ways to word these policies and a number of different forms of policies. But is that it in very broad terms? Yes, effectively, I suppose it is. There are obviously a number of arguments being advanced by both sides. And on the defence side, there are eight insurers involved and there are also interveners, action groups representing policyholders that were allowed to file written submissions and make brief oral submissions at the hearing. But this is a very complicated case in a very complicated area. You can get a sense of this by going on to the FCA website. And I would suggest that anyone who is interested in this case should do this. It has a section on the test case and it tracks the case right from the initial stages when the FCA wrote the insurance companies back in March, outlining its expectations with regard to the settlement of business interruption claims. And it goes right the way up to the hearing and it includes links to all the relevant documents, the sample policy wordings, assumed facts, engagement statements, the transcripts of the initial case management hearings, the written submissions, and then the transcripts of each day of the hearing. Yes, actually, Niall, I've been on the FCA website and I've had a browse and it really is an excellent resource. Um, so the hearing of the test case, that has only just concluded. Is that right? Yes, it finished on the 30th of July after eight days before a judge of the High Court, Mr Justice Butcher, and a judge of the Court of Appeal, Lord Justice Low. Okay, so before we discuss the case itself, what do these types of clauses, business interruption clauses, what do they typically cover and how are they generally worded? And why has the pandemic created so much uncertainty over what is and what is not covered? So as you noted already, the FCA selected a representative list of business interruption policies to put before the court. And while these policies are all different, there are a number of common features that typically appear. First, some clauses provide cover for interruption of the business where there has been an outbreak of an infectious or notifiable disease, usually within a certain radius of the business premises. And there is some uncertainty over whether COVID-19 is a notifiable disease. Secondly, you might see a clause that provides cover for business interruption where there is a prevention of access to the premises due to an order by government or a local authority. And I'll come back to the prevention of access issue shortly as it came up in the UK test case. Then there will usually be a trends clause whereby an insurer can look at the trajectory of the business over a period, usually 12 months, and deduce how much money the business would have gained or lost had the relevant business interruption not occurred. Okay, so as nobody predicted the COVID-19 pandemic, it's by no means clear that the clauses in existing policies cover loss caused due to COVID. And it seems like it can be argued either way, effectively. 
Um, so going back to the UK test case, can you talk me through the main arguments? I know I, I did really oversimplify it earlier. The main areas of contention in the test case relate to the precise meaning of interruption and prevention of access, issues around requirements and policies for disease outbreaks to take place within a certain locality, and then issues around causation. And as I said, while there are differences between the various business interruption policies that the court was asked to consider, there are a number of features that are common to all of them, and there was a large amount of overlap in the submissions that the insurers made to the court. On the interruption and prevention of access issue, the insurers argued that interruption means the complete cessation of business or an event rendering it impossible to use or physically access the business premises. For example, one of the insurers argued that it was not possible for a supermarket to be covered by business interruption in the event that it had to make various changes to the premises in order to comply with social distancing guidance um, by in introducing new queuing procedures, plastic screens, etc. However, the FCA adopting the position of policyholders argued that interruption does not require total cessation. So that, for example, if a restaurant was compelled to cease normal business and operate as a takeaway service, this should still be covered as there was an inability to use the premises in the usual way. And there was an issue, wasn't there, in relation to the distinction between businesses following government advice to close or to restrict their operations and businesses closing or restricting their operations because they were legally required to do so. Yes, you're right. As in Ireland, the UK government's public health advice was originally just that. It was advice and it was not initially accompanied by enforceable legal requirements. The Prime Minister initially advised people to avoid going to pubs, restaurants, theatres, etc on the 16th of March, but the UK government did not actually introduce regulations restricting people's movements and restricting businesses operating until the 21st of March. The FCA asked the court to interpret the public health advice as being a prevention of access to business premises. The insurers unsurprisingly disagreed and urged the court to interpret prevention of access as meaning that policyholders and their customers would be unable to access business premises due to legally enforceable regulations. There is a similar grey area here also. Our public health advice to restrict movement, etc. came first and then the legal requirements were introduced later. So the pubs, for example, the government asked pub owners to close on the 15th of March, but they were not legally obliged to close until the 7th of April, I think. Yes, that's right. One difference here, though, is that the central bank advised insurers on 27th of March to treat the government advice as a specific direction to close. And this was also the position taken by the Minister for Finance, Public Expenditure and Reform. OK, I see. On to the next argument. You mentioned there were issues around requirements and policies for disease outbreaks to take place within a certain locality. What were the issues here? There was considerable argument between FCA and the insurers over whether clauses which provided cover for outbreaks of disease within a certain radius of the business premises were triggered by the pandemic. Uh, the insurers argued that the inclusion of these clauses in policies was designed to only cover situations where there was a causal link between the outbreak of the disease in the local area and the closure of the premises. In other words, it was argued that this wording was designed to specifically exclude pandemics 
as these are the opposite of local events. The Hiscox Action Group, an action group of policyholders that was given permission to intervene, argued that this position was wrong and that if, if insurers intended to exclude pandemics, they should have included obvious pandemic exclusion clauses. Incidentally, a number of the insurers have now accepted that such policies might cover situations involving local lockdowns, which are, of course, now a feature of the response to the pandemic in both Ireland and the UK. An unfortunate feature. <laughs> and the final issue, Nile, of causation. What was said on this? In any business interruption insurance claim, the policyholder has to show a causal link between the interruption to the business and the loss suffered. And of course, that the interruption in question comes within the terms of the policy, i.e. that the interruption in question is the insured peril. The arguments on causation are quite technical and are quite varied depending on the wording of the policy. So to take one example, in respect of policies with a prevention of access clause, the insurers argued that the legal cause of the loss suffered by the policyholders was due to the pandemic and not due to the government shutdown measures, which would have been the insured peril under the policies. In these circumstances, trends clauses were relevant as insurers attempted to argue that even if the government lockdown had not taken place, businesses would still have suffered losses due to COVID. Very interesting. When can we expect a judgment, Niall? The judges indicated at the end of the hearing that they expect to have a judgment sometime in September. And of course, then there is always the possibility of an appeal. And I suspect that if this judgment is appealed, it may go directly to the UK Supreme Court. Um, but it's definitely a case to watch. Niall, thank you for talking me through the case. I'm sure you'll be watching the Irish case in October closely as well. Yes, absolutely. That will be very closely followed by all insurers and business owners here. And before we finish, I might just add that the central bank has published a supervisory framework in relation to business interruption insurance. And this sets out in some detail the central bank's expectations for insurers. Interestingly, it provides that where a policyholder pursues litigation that might act as a test case for a wider group of policyholders, the central bank expects that the insurer should consider how the issues can be narrowed to ensure the litigation can proceed in the least costly and most expeditious manner possible. And also somewhat unusually, that if the insurer wins the case, that it would refrain from seeking its costs against the policyholder. That's very interesting, Niall, and a lot happening in this space. We might speak again in September when the English High Court has delivered its judgment and also maybe in October when the Irish Commercial Court has finished hearing the, the pub owner FBD case. Actually, do you know when precisely that case is due to be heard? It's listed for the 6th of October, I believe, and it is listed for 14 days. And yes, more than happy to speak again. Great. Um, thanks again, Niall, and thank you for listening. We hope you found this discussion helpful. For more information on business interruption insurance, please feel free to contact Niall or myself or any member of the Arthur Cox insurance and reinsurance team or our litigation dispute resolution and investigations team. Thank you and goodbye.